Hey everybody, welcome to this board game life episode number 58 titled What the AI? This is the show about gaming, board gaming, tabletop gaming, card games, board games. Um, I can't think of any other ones, but there's there's lots of them that fall into that space. I am one of your fine hosts for today. I am Rob. And with me, as always, I got my good buddy, Mark. Hey, Rob, how you doing this fine, wet, icky, cold, rainy day? least where i'm at (laughs) yeah it's not oh it's cold it's not really icky that was last four days (laughs) and uh, rainy was last four days (laughs) so yeah i'm doing good doing good uh looking forward to covering some of the stuff on this on this show over here Um, so i got a question i'm gonna throw one at you because i always think of this when you do your introduction and i never have Mm -hmm. asked you so you're like uh where we talk about board games and tabletop games and like what's the difference aren't they the same thing um <laughs> sort of yes no not really so at least in my mind right that's a very good question a very good question so well, tabletop yeah, not, yeah, yeah it's it's i've i've seen people refer to the like the board gaming scene like differently so that's why i mm-hmm. ask and i know you've mentioned a couple different types of gaming so that's why i ask sure so you know technically if 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 one wants to kind of like look at the minutiae of the descriptions and meanings and stuff like that right a board game technically is a board game it has a board right a card game is technically not a board game but we do kind of lump it into the same thing like dominion ascension um uh point salad <laughs> just it's like you know those are technically card games whereas tabletop games is like an all-encompassing things you know so that's like games that you play on a tabletop which technically in my mind includes board games maybe even role-playing games card games miniatures games all that stuff so so when I when I said that I was just kind of trying to include everything because <laughs> we do talk a lot about different things. Yep. And this show I don't think we've talked about appliances yet or towels. No. no. But we can. No. At some point. We can't. Not today. No, Not we today. can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, that was that. That was all. All right. But uh, yeah. So what have you been? Uh, what have you been playing lately? Um, I, it's been actually slow the last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I did get in Zombicide, a game of Zombicide a couple of weeks ago. The OG um, original or, uh, second edition. But, I, but I mean like regular Zombicide versus one of the many flavors of it. Oh yeah. It's just Zombicide, the okay. second edition. So, um, and, uh, Gloomhaven and, <laughs> excuse me. You're all choked then I got up a, about it. What's that? You're all choked up about Gloomhaven. <laughs> um, yeah, continuing through there. It, it's getting to be a little bit more entertaining as I'm getting leveled up and getting more abilities and stuff. So I'm I'm I am enjoying it. It's getting better. But how far um, along are you? Just curious. I think we are 10-15. Scenarios, I was going to say about 12. I was going to say about 12. 12. So okay. yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. 
So more than 10% of the way through. Yeah. So nice. So we're, we're, we're chugging along. We're on a break though. Cause a couple people are, one of the guys is on vacation this week and then someone else is going to be gone to Japan for two weeks. And so we won't be getting back together till next month, but. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll keep her going. Um, I picked up a game. It's just a little trivia game. I remember, I, I remember it being at the, I think they brought it out at, um, Gen Con this year. It was called everything ever and here it's sitting here uh i didn't buy it there but i picked it up the other day it says it's the party game you've been preparing for your whole life um so i picked that up the other day and it's a good um it's a good like uh, you know i think it goes up to like 10 people i don't even know maybe you can go more than that i'm trying to see if they have a a limit of players oh it says two to ten but um, it's like a trivia game, sort of, but it's like they'll ask quite the cards will say questions like. Say one thing, let's see. Um, so you got like these cards on the table, so you put these two cards out on the table and and one will say, um, let me pull a card out here just so I can't read the back of the box. It's too small. So like one card will say. Oops, that's the allow it cards. Every college or university. And then the other one says every song with the word day in it. So basically you go around the table and you have to say either name a college or university or a song with the word day in it. And you you just kind of you just you answer one from each or if you're able to say something between the two cards that like the same answer would work for both cards. Then you get to take, um, you get to remove a, like a penalty token that you will get when you, um, if you end up like not being able to come up with an answer, then you basically take a penalty and then you can get, remove those later on. If, if, if you have that opportunity to, a card, two cards come up and you can say one word that would answer both. And it, it can happen. Um, so simple game. It's not like, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's not something like a typical trivia where it's like your knowledge of something. It's, you know, they're kind of just everyday questions, you know, just things okay. that, you know, <laughs> You can name a lot of colleges, you know, just sit there and go around the table. If you can't think of any more type of thing. So, but, uh, so it's a real easy game for anyone to play. So that's kind of, I think the draw to it. Sure. Um, I got in some more quicks, some more point salad, some more just one and hive mind. All are kind of some party games, um, that I've played with some family members, uh, recently. And then I went to my, uh, had my Monday night game group and I got to play one that I've been wanting to play for a while. And I really liked it. It's called seven wonders architects. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, really enjoyed that. That was a really fun game. Um, and actually won the second game. Nice. And it was interesting because the second game we played, so the, the first game, there was the guy next to my uh, to my left 
was basically just building, like just kept attacking, going to war with everybody. And, and it was like, I wasn't focused on that, even though the, the, I guess it's not a character. The, the thing I was building was this soldier or whatever. So you get bonuses of like soldiers. Once you start to build your, whatever you're building, <laughs> I was building like a statue of a, a soldier, I guess. But, um, so the second game, I'm like, I started to make sure that I could get some people and had soldiers built. I only had one tile flipped. Have you played the game? Should you know what I'm ta- referring to when I'm talking about tiles and flipping them? So I haven't played this particular seven wonders one. No. So everybody gets like these puzzle pieces. They're all different. One was like the shape of a pyramid. Another one I had like, was like a statue of a soldier. Um, someone else might have like a clock tower or there's these different um, architectural things that you're basically kind of building. So you put all your pieces out in the shape of whatever you're building. So I had, I had, I think five pieces, basically five puzzle pieces and you flip them over to the side that shows that it's like, you see scaffolding, right? So it's like, it's being built. And then you have cards in between you set your deck of cards to your left. And then what happens is as you go around the table, everyone picks one card and to flip a tile piece, you might have to have two or three or four cards that are either a match or they don't match. So it's like four separate cards. One's a brick, one's a a papyrus one's a straw one's bundle of sticks or something right so -hmm. you're trying to draw cards either to your left or to your right um that are available to you or you can draw blindly from the center draw deck (coughs) and if you can get so i had like two cards that matched and so i was able to flip over my lowest tile piece and you're you're going from top to bottom so you have to build your your architecture your design from the bottom up so like if you have the pyramid you have to build the base before you can move up right so you have to match or get whatever requires to flip that tile piece over to the built side and then as you're doing your structure you will gain bonuses some have bonuses some don't like the pyramid didn't but it had higher point values it was worth more points than other people's um so like me there was two tiles i could flip that gave me a permanent soldier uh, to when someone would go to war, I always had at least those two plus any soldier cards that I had. Um, and then you get points like when you go to war, if you have more troops in the person to your left and to your right, then you get uh, a token, like a three point victory token for each battle that you win. So I ended up like only flipping the one tile at the bottom, just one of my bottom tiles. And then the rest, I won the game just simply because. I had so many, I had won so many battles because I was like, this guy's not getting me again. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he got nothing. He, he lost every single battle the second game, but, um, <coughs> I ended up winning the game and just by all the victory tokens. And then I had got another bonus of if like there's these green cards, if you, 
the two of the same or three different green cards, you can turn them in for like these bonus tokens that are like how you can kind of get an engine building in some, in some things that'll start to build. Um, but what I grabbed was the, cause I was doing so good on the war and I was getting a bunch of these tokens. One came up that you get an extra point for every victory token that you had. So at the end of the game, I had 10 total victory tokens, which was 30 points. And then I got another bonus one for each. I had like 40 points just in the, the war tokens. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was like, yeah. And I ended up, I think with 51 total. So, but, uh, yeah, it was like kind of crazy that I was like, cause I'm like, yeah, I'm keeping, I'm gaining these, but I'm not building. And I'm, you know, you're trying to build. So there's a lot of different ways to win in a game. It was very simple to understand, um, very quick to play, and um, I liked it. There's just like really no waiting around, um, you know, because the player, once you go, the player next to you is just deciding which card they want to take. One of the two that they see face up or one from the draw deck that they don't see it. Yeah. Um, and then there's an option like there's this one, there are cards that are blue that are just victory points. So you can just take those. And then one of them has like a cat on it. So there's this cat token that moves around the board. So whenever you play it and you have the cat on it, then you get the cat token. And that means you get to peek and look at the top card in the draw deck. And you, whoever has the cat can always see what card is there and decide whether they're drawn or not. So it's nice to have that. But it's like I got it on my second game. I got it. And I was like, sweet, I got it back. Well, then the next guy in turn immediately took it back. <laughs> I was like, well, that lasted long. <laughs> so I didn't even get to use it, but so there's different, very yeah. the different things like that in the game. And it's, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed that game. Yeah. I wonder if you'd also like, uh, the original seven wonders, which is, uh, it's kind of like a pure card game, drafting game, really well received. It won tons of awards and, uh, it got the Kennerspiel. Um, Spiel des Jahres award in 2011. It was like the first year that they had that, and uh, it's uh, the Seven Wonders games are all pretty good. They're all definitely pretty good. What architects? There's the <laughs> there's a duel. Yeah, I'll have to see a, what the yeah. others are, but I really did like that mm -hmm. architects game. Yeah. Antoine pretty Bauza. much to the point I'll probably pick it up tomorrow when I'm at my uh, game store gaming group. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I know they carry them there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very cool. That was it. That's what I've okay. played. Yep. Yeah. So I did a little bit of uh, gaming and I did want to report. Uh, um, I know after we talked, talked about Dorf Romantic, um, I mentioned that I had the steam version. So I actually put a bunch of time into the Steam version. It's a very, very relaxed, chill game. And it goes along the lines of the board game, you know, where, like, you unlock things the further you go and, uh, you know, give a little more complexity to the game. And then you have the same stuff, like, in the board game where, you know, you have these, like... I don't know if you would call them achievements or quests, 
but you know you try to build you know like a train tracks of a certain amount of tiles right is, is that how okay. it goes with the board game right it's like you have to achieve certain the, things by building certain ways yes yes so it, it definitely has that stuff and like i said it's really like relaxing the only thing I would comment about it, and granted, I had a lot of stuff. I, I was playing it while I was sort of working. So whenever I had like a couple of minutes of downtime, I had it up on one of my monitors. Nice. And I'm then, playing you know, while I'm working. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, just on the side, like whenever I, I had a little bit of a break, I'm waiting for something or whatever. And um, it was interesting, but man, does it just go on and on and on and on? <laughs> it got to the point of where it's like, okay, you have to place forty more tiles, and then I look again. You have to you have to place fifty five more tiles. How is it going up? <laughs> I want it to go down. <laughs> I want this game to end, but uh, but it is a um, you know, it, it does have that same feel, definitely, of, of the board game. And I've got to say, they did a great job with the board game adaptation. Granted, the video game is super well-suited for a board game. I almost wonder if if they had a board game in mind and they said, well, let's make a video game of it just because it would be easier. And then, you know, then they came out with the board game after the success of the video game. But uh, I'd say it's still worth checking out. If you like Dorf Romantic, the board game, you'll probably enjoy this, the version that's out on Steam. Okay, with that aside, um, <sighs> I did get some Thunder Road Vendetta uh, time in. And nice. so it was a two-player game uh, that I played, which is a lot different than the four-player game that we played together down in indie. Yeah. And and it was really interesting because I know when we played the four-player game, there was a lot of action, right? Because you had a lot of cars. They were all in close quarters. Potentially, you know, somebody gets, you know, blasted off in a, in a particular, particular direction. They might hit somebody and then it cascades, right? You know, just boom, 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 one into another. And there's definitely less of that uh within the two-player game however it really seemed to turn into like i'm gonna come after you with my helicopter you're gonna come after me i'm gonna come after you with my helicopter you're gonna come (laughs) after me it was just a lot of back and forth and um the the guy that i played with which we both know he really loves screwage games (laughs) where you're like mean and messing with the other person taking them out and stuff. So I figured he'd be, he'd be a great candidate for this game, and uh, and he was. And it um, the the one thing that I've got to say about this game, and this is where I kind of wonder, like, you know, you you play a game, and you go about it with certain strategies that are in the spirit of the game. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you play the game how it's supposed to be played. Right. I I can see, because I saw this (laughs) in this game, (laughs) I can see how this can go a different way with some people where they throw the 
I'm playing the game for the sake of having fun and playing a game out the window and they go straight into, I'm going to take you down at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> it can definitely go in that direction. Well, apparently, sometimes when you do that, you get your ass kicked, get your butt kicked. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah, we had, uh, it, was, it was actually interesting. We had this area, which was kind of a choke point on one of the boards where, you know, there was a bunch of hazards everywhere around there. And then I want to say it was like, I forget what like the rock things are called. Can't not canyons, but boulders, whatever. Uh, there's a bunch of like the rocks on either side. And so my opponent got in there and then I attacked him with a helicopter. He bounced around in there and, oh, <laughs> his last car went boom. Into yeah. the rocks. But that's what, that's maybe that's what you get for no longer playing the game in the spirit of the game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, the spirit of the game is, I mean, to take no one can. Well, in a two player, you have to take the other guy out. Yeah. Like even in the four player, like it's a race, but not until somebody is removed, then it becomes yeah. a race, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so in a two-player, yeah, yeah you, you have to take someone out. I mean, that's really the spirit of the game. So, but still, <laughs> it's not at all costs. It's not like just going. Well, I, I guess now, it, if, it, if what, they're if what? they're trying to run their little car speedily and hold you up on that last tile that drops off. I guess that's a valid no. move too, right? Yeah, no, this is more like I'm just coming after you with everything I've got. <laughs> strategy out the window. Just strategy out the window. Just attack full force. Every option going <laughs> after the same. Okay. Going after the same vehicles. And it's like, okay, all right. And I, and I was trying to take my small, so there's a small, medium, and large vehicle. I was trying to take the small vehicle and make a run for the border. Yeah. But, uh, I can, I can vouch yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. I, I wound up taking him out with, so the helicopter became instrumental. Yeah. In this, in this whole thing. So, but yeah, you can, you can have some pretty interesting little, um, scenarios where you really box somebody in. You know, it's like, if they're in like a narrow area, you put your, um, you put your helicopter in there right behind them to box them in, and then, you know, go after them, and then out of what six directions, I think, yeah, I think it's six directions. You know, they can have only f one way out, <laughs> so it's like yeah. if they get jettisoned in a particular direction, you know. They only have, what is that, like 16%, 17%, whatever chance of, of actually making it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And I actually had that once, and I did roll properly, and I got out of there. <laughs> it's nice. Like, holy smokes. That was lucky. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that was a good time. And, uh you know, I, I definitely can see the appeal of having the Chrome version with all those extras and stuff. 
and it'd be cool to have a group that plays it. Yeah, it definitely. It's a lot of fun if you can get get the you get you got to have the right people to play that you know because it yeah. it, it is a lot of fun and it's kind of cool. Like when you like the groups, different groups I've played with, um, you know, like when we were in indie, you know, and I think it was, well, I think all of us were doing it was like, you know, Oh, your, your car, you does a flip or, you know, it's flying through the air and we're like taking the vehicles and going, making the noises and rolling them over the cars. And, you know, just having childish like, like that, yeah. yeah, you know, you got to, you know, it's like that Fast and Furious type of uh, action going in the game. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's just, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's so, a really great game. <laughs> yeah. But I could also see some people having a problem with it because there's a lot of people, they don't like what I'll call in air quotes, mean games. You know, yeah. Yeah, they don't like to come after other people, at least directly. <laughs> it it's definitely not a game. Yeah, if you if you're yeah. a nice player, you know, because um, even in, when we were playing, you know, Brun kept hitting me, and he and he wasn't like he was trying to. It was just kind of the result of his yeah. actions, or something would make him. Um, smash into me or something and I, and you know so we're joking about it i'm like yeah, yeah you ohio drivers you know and yeah. finally i finally i was like i come back out of you know and he's like what are you doing i said well you hit me twice I'm like, <laughs> you know but it's yeah it's um there are and that was like with last night with the seven wonders architects it's like i didn't really i was just like focusing on the first round was like, okay, let's learn a game. Let's build this thing. And I wasn't really worried about focus or focused or wanting to attack anybody. Um, but it's part of the game, you know? So the second right. time around, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to just sit here and get annihilated. And cause that guy did the same thing. Like he basically won, he had more points in his combat than I had in my entire game that, you know, the first round. And it's just like, okay, I'm not going to let him just, pick at me like that i'm gonna get at least i'm gonna be on the defensive here to defend and always make sure i've got more troops and the people on each side but that does slow you down from building so yeah you know um but yeah and then it it, in the and it's funny because on the other side of him was uh this lady that was uh there and she her and i were like both like being kind of passive right the first time sure after that we both did the same thing like she had almost as many victory points from combat as I did. Um, and he had nothing. We kept, we kept, we kept beating him every war, every combat type uh, scenario. So yeah, you've got to, yeah. Thunder road vendetta is definitely one that you got to be willing to go in and just slam people and destroy them. And, you know, yeah. it's fun. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I need to play yeah. that again. Yeah. Great game. A lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes wonder like, how different is it from the original? Cause I think what the original came out somewhere in the eighties. Yeah. It's a, um, what it, yeah. Uh, restore. I think it's restoration, restoration games. games. Yeah. Yes, so it they, is. Yeah. Yeah. They take the old games, they tweak them. So they're more, uh, appealing to, you know, modern gamers. Yeah. And, uh, and they did a great job, especially with like the little cars and all that stuff. Well, very well done. 
Okay, then uh, the last thing I want to mention is I finally broke out uh, Castles of Burgundy Special Edition and uh, got that to the table. And uh, I've talked about Castles of Burgundy a whole bunch of times over the last couple of episodes. Going to do it again. Um, Not really going to talk a whole lot about the game because the game is the game. Great game. One of my favorite games of all time. And um, I'm just going to talk about some of the components and stuff now that I've actually gotten to use them in a game. So I've got, oh man, I forgot the name of the edition, but it included the full base game. And then it had one box of acrylic tiles, which is all of the hexagonal pieces that uh, go into your duchies and um, you know, the, the ones that are placed throughout the board and all the different rounds and the duchy is your personal board. And uh, so in the game box, you have, I think all pretty much, just cardboard pieces of everything. So when you get that acrylic box, you replace um, all those hexes. So I I took all the regular cardboard hexes, I punched them and I put them uh, in the acrylic pieces box. And then I put the acrylic pieces in the main box. I do really like using the acrylic pieces, but I'm starting to wonder if I might just put those aside and go back to the regular cardboard pieces because so there's a number of different types of hexagonal tiles. Um, There's caves, castles, there's ships, uh, buildings. um, Oh man. Like farms and pastures. Far, yeah, the, the pastures. And then what was it? Cathedrals? The ye- the yellow ones. I forgot what they're called. But the yellow ones have they're kind of like power-ups. So they either give you like four pieces. I mean, sorry, vic- four victory points per market that you might have, which is a building type. Uh, in the game, or they'll do certain things like, you know, get an extra something whenever you do this action. So when you place them in your duchy, your your personal map, uh, you activate it, and then you benefit from those. Now, the problem with the game is that there's a lot of different actions. There's like 30-some different uh, yellow tiles, different ones. And it's hard to remember what's what. So when you look at the acrylic tiles, you're like, what the heck is that? And then you got to look it up in the, there's these cheat sheets or you look it up in the rule book. But the cardboard tiles, the cardboard hex tiles, they have the yellow tiles description written on the back of them. And I really like that. So it's like, if you're wondering what the heck is that one over there? What is tile number 14? You can just flip it over, look at the back of it, and it explains it in a couple words. So that is just really handy. Uh, I really like that. And then some of the tiles, I mean, the the acrylic tiles, they feel great. I love them. They're very clinky. They got some weight to them. But also on some of those, especially like the yellow tiles, you know, it's like it's one of those... if you have this building and it shows like a small picture of the building, then you get some benefit. 
you look at the building and you're like, I, I, I don't know what building this is. Just because it's small, not necessarily because I'm old and I have poor eyesight, but it's just that, you know, it's like it's printed small and it's, you know, the resolution of the printing. So uh, love of the game. And I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I played just the base game, did not play the expansion that it comes with, with the vineyards or whatever it's called. Um, but uh, I love the game. <sighs> The jury's not out on, you know, it's still, if I play it one or two more times, I might just trial the cardboard ones and then I might just, I don't know, pull the acrylic tiles out, which shocks me because I would have assumed that I would have loved the acrylic tiles. But if, um, I guess if the printing on them was a little sharper and if they had the writing on the back, maybe that would have been a lot better. But uh, but still, wonderful game. It comes at a big price, but I still think it's totally worth it. Yeah. Love it. Um, and it's a huge pain in the butt to get in the box. Oh, I yes, I, it is. Yeah. I, I remember I watched a couple of YouTube videos that were specifically on organizing the stuff in the box. I wish more companies would just, you know, they would show you like some kind of diagrams. It's like, it doesn't even need to be full color printed. Do no, like it doesn't. Photocopy or something, or just have like a link to a website that has a PDF. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just help us sit there. Cause I feel like if I see, a region in a tray, I'm like, that's there for a purpose. What's the purpose? I don't want to guess <laughs> <laughs> and do my own version of Tetris trying to get everything in the box. I, I'd rather put it where it belongs. And granted, sometimes it's easy because it's totally obvious where the stuff goes. But, um, but yeah, anyway, love the game. Uh, highly recommend it. And, uh, yeah, I know that uh, it's it's out for sale. If if you want to get it, uh, highly recommend it. All right. So, Essen, the the big game fair was uh, last week, I think, maybe the week before. I don't remember. But uh, it was this month in Germany, and there was a whole boatload of games that got released there. Granted, a lot of them. We saw Gen Con already, and and I went through the list um, over some time and kind of basically chose the games that are really interesting to me, and I thought I'd share some of these. Uh, the games that are really interested to, interesting to me, and I put a couple of restrictions on this. So number one, the restriction that I always put on is it's got to be uh, a minimum of a two-player game. I usually do not like to get three-plus games, or four. I definitely don't get four-plus games. Uh, I'll get a game if it's solo or one-plus, but at least two people does not require a third. So there's that. Uh, I went after games that were available to purchase and that came out um, right at the time of Essen. So if it came out, 
early in the year, if it came around Gen Con time, if it came out in September, which is arguably close enough, I I try not to include those. I don't I don't think I have any in there. And then I also went after games that have an English version because it's something that I would buy. Um, I've gotten like German only games in the past, and you know, in 2023, I don't know. If, I really want to deal with having to do, you know, do car translations because right. I've done that in the past where I'll buy a German game with German cards and then mm. you go to board game geek and you can print out translations. Then you sleeve the card and then you put the translation, like you have a little cut out piece right. of the translation and you just tuck it in the, tuck it in the sleeve. It's a little harder when you're dealing with boards, right? <laughs> Uh, if there's printing on there, but you know, luckily most games they tend to be internationally focused, right? Where they'll use symbols and various things and not have as much printing on them, at least, um, you know, printing that's important to the game. Some do, and they're a huge pain in the butt to translate. But uh, yeah, yeah, 2023, don't want to mess with that. And there was something else. What was it? Yeah, so it's available to purchase. It's not like a demo thing, you know, coming out in the next year or two. Um, yeah, I think that was that was most of it. So, um, yeah, I went through the BGG list, and it was pretty darn big. It was over twelve hundred releases. Which is wow, way more than Gen Con. <laughs> I mean, wasn't Gen Con like 600 this year, somewhere on there? I think it was under 700. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, so it was 1200. Granted, oh, and the other thing is, I did, I didn't want just an expansion. So if it was an expansion for a pre-existing game, I just excluded it because I wanted like, you know, an actual standalone game. If it was a sequel, that's fine. So if it's like, I don't know, Castles of Burgundy two, <laughs> that would have that would have worked. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I went through the list twelve hundred. Um, so a couple of notable things that really interested me is like there was nothing there from Queen Games, which I really expected. I mean, Queen Games is a big name. And I don't know if they didn't have a presence there this year, if they didn't come out with anything, or if just that they were left out. Um, but yeah, but nothing from Queen, because I, I usually look at their stuff because I, I tend to enjoy their games. But uh, yeah, so I'll call out uh, some of the notable stuff that uh, I really like. And if I was there, I would definitely pick up a copy. So in no particular order, potentially maybe alphabetical, I'm not sure. Depends on how I open these up. The first one is a game called FTW. So I guess that stands for the the win. For for the win, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it's uh, it's a card game uh, for two to six players from Freedom on Freeze, uh, which is probably. I think the only designer of 2F Spiel. So um, interesting thing about his games. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. So he did Power Grid, which I know you've played. Yep. And um, so his games are, all. they always start with an F. 
because his name, Freedom Unfreeze, right? And all of the games are predominantly green. Like, forever. Mm-hmm. So art style, everything is green. If you look at, like, any of his games, like I said, the box, fully green. And um, now I, I know that power grid starts with a p but in german it starts with an f i believe so maybe that's the exception but uh yeah so it's a uh, cool little card game uh i tend to like his card games he's had a couple of them like there's a really interesting one that I, I'm really not good at called friday and it's been around forever it's a solo game but um yeah, the, the quick quick description according to the BGG is in each round of FTW, you play your cards so you can preferably keep only one card with a high number. It's possible for you to get rid of uh, fewer cards that it is possible that you get rid of fewer cards than other players as soon as the player with only one card uh, in their hand. Wait, as soon as... I can't barely read this. I don't know if this is just a poor <laughs> translation or I'm just having a hard time today. As soon as a player that has only one card left in their hand, yeah, I guess the translation, you score plus points for your highest cards, but minus for additional cards. So it's just a cool little card game with uh, funky little rules and, uh, you know, a light game. Play it in like probably less than a half hour. So that's one definitely uh, that I would have gotten. Uh, another game that uh, looked interesting to me was The Rats of Wistar. Now, I th- think that this one came out in Gen Con, but vaguely, I I want to say it might not have. <laughs> so it might have violated my rule, but I couldn't find a release date uh, early, if it was earlier than Gen Con or not. So I included it anyway. And um, so this is, uh, you play as a bunch of rats um, that uh, organized the rat escape from the Wistar Institute. And uh, it just looks interesting. It's a Cranio Creations game. And um, it just looks like a lot of fun to me. Uh, next up is the Cathedral of Orleans. So this is, you know, another in the uh, Orleans or Orleans, as people like to say. Um, it's another in that uh, line of games, which, holy moly, how, how many are in there now? So there's Orleans... Like the original, there's a couple of expansions for it. I want to say Joan of Arc is also set in that universe. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. Yeah, Joan of Arc, which is the Orleans drawn right, the original. There's a whole bunch of expansions. We'll skip all the expansions, <laughs> including like invasion. 
bunch of promos. I got a bunch of promos from my copy of Orleans. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I can't find it. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's uh, the Cathedral of Orleans. And uh, basically, let's build the Cathedral of Orleans together. <laughs> it's, it's like the like the slogan or motto. Um, so, you know, playing along. So it's a co-op game and, you know, goes along the Orleans um, like family of, you know, knights, craftsmen, scholars, traders, monks, and, you know, it's, you know, a press against time to build it. And uh, it looks really interesting. And uh, the artist is uh, Clemence Franz. He's one of my uh, favorite artists. I love, there's there's like that look of those Euro games that a couple of artists just just have down. It looks enjoyable. If, if, if a couple of, of these artists do the art, artists do the art, it just heightens my enjoyability of the game. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe I'm brainwashed or whatnot. But Cathedral of Orleans definitely looks interesting to me. And it's also one when it comes stateside, I will definitely get. Uh, next up uh, is Planta Nubo. So this is uh, the one of the latest games. It's a collaboration i guess maybe is the right way to put it between a bunch of different designers including way of rosenberg um let's see who else in here um andreas odendahl which wait was he no yeah so he is known as ode like ode on some games so he did it, and then Michael Keller. Um, so the three of them got together. Uh, Michael Keller worked on uh, La Granja, um, Solarius Mission, and now uh, Planta Nubo with these three guys, or with these two other guys. So this, uh, there's a lot of games, not all, but there's a lot of games, especially when it has... Uh, a certain publisher on it. I am definitely interested in it. And Uwe Rosenberg is definitely one of them. Uh, Ode uh, as well. And I'm excited to check this one out. The um, Basically what you're doing is you're growing energy-rich flowers and plants in cloudy gardens. How about that? See, this, you yeah, know, know. this is one of those things that's like, I read these and it's like, I know, like none of this sounds very enticing at all. Yeah. (laughs) But yet they can be like that. They can. That's the thing that I've learned is, you know, so many games I've like, boy, this sounds terrible, but then it's a great game. Mm hmm. So. And by, so I, when you look at the board, it's like, with the artistry on it, you can't really tell sometimes, but it's a dual layer board, which is another thing that I love lately. <laughs> Just yeah. having a dual layer board where your pieces like fit into the spots. Love that. Uh, the game definitely gets uh, some points for that. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, next up 
is Port Royal or Port Royal, the dice game. Port Royal is a, a really great card game. Came out a couple years ago. It's a press your luck game where you keep drawing cards from this huge stack of cards, trying not to bust. And you bust by having multiples of the same kind of card out there. So it's like you want to draw a certain amount to expose more cards, to give you more options, but you don't want to lose your turn. And um, if you're going to be getting Port Royal, I recommend the big box, which comes with a bunch of expansions. <laughs> it's the only way to get the game. And it's not really a big box, thankfully. So it's a big box about the size of most regular board games. But uh, Port Royal, Royal, the dice game, is a two to five player game. And heck, it's a dice game. So you get to roll dice and you know do your uh press your luck and uh uh it does have pads so it's like roll and write sort of i guess maybe is a, a good way to phrase it but um uh, yeah, the description on it is, on the various islands through the Caribbean Sea, you can hire crew members and loot some treasures along the way. Put your luck to the to the test against the dice. The more you risk, the more you can cross off the game map. Roll the dice, but avoid a second ship of a color. Hire people for their abilities and victory points. Be the first to score 20, or try your luck in a round of sudden death. So definitely getting this one 100 percent uh this is an insta buy for me uh next up is a game called imperial miners from portal games uh they came out with um imperial settlers a number of years ago which and i think imperial settlers is based off of another one of their games called 51st state it's like a toned down version of that so 51st state great game i love it it's an old school really fun fun game with multiple um with you know things that do multiple things like you know a card and i'm just giving an example here not example from the game necessarily but you know where a card can be let's say like ammo and it can be money and it can be a power-up depending on how you deploy it but um yeah imperial miners is um it's an engine building game along the lines of uh imperial settlers um and uh has a pretty cool card activation system so it's a standalone game. It's not tied to Imperial Settlers, but it's set in that genre, universe, whatever you want to call it. And um, I'm definitely interested in checking this one out because I definitely enjoy the other games, especially 51st State, if I haven't said that enough times. <laughs> the only thing, and this is just a minor little gripe about Portal games, is they seem to come out with 2.0 versions of their games, which annoys me immensely because <laughs> I have, I'm always tempted to buy the new version. But anyway, 
hopefully they won't come out with an Imperial Miners 2.0 release with addendum and changed rules because maybe they should have had it that way in the first place. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's a, it, so Imperial, Imperial uh, Miners definitely looks cool. One to five players and um, designed by Tim Armstrong. And I had one more. Where did it go? It was, um, oh man, it was the game by, actually, let me see if I can sort my list. It was the game by CGE with the really funky pronunciation of its name. Okay, come on. Huh. Let me do Don't you hate that when you're trying to, you like, you want it, you know what you're looking for, and it just evades you? Yeah, that's what happens to me a lot. Ah, here it is. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, Kutna Ora, the city of silver. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, it's like you're like, dude, I love that name. It makes me want to play it immediately. <laughs> but uh, I really like CGE. They they come, which is what I believe that stands for, like Czech Games Edition. Um, so this is uh, the game at Essen that uh, it was funny I, on their YouTube channel. They were going around asking people to try to pronounce the name. Actually, that might have been at. Maybe that was a Gen Con as well. But anyway, they did it somewhere, and uh, people were really struggling. But, uh, yeah, the the gist of this one is it's a historical city-building Euro game for two to four uh, that features a real-life supply and demand experience where every action that you take has an impact on the game's dynamic economic system. So city-building... Economy, uh, economics built into it, built into it, and it's also got those amazing dual layer boards, which I am a sucker for. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but although I can still somehow find uh, the skill to bump the table or bump the board to knock everything off of it, even if it has the dual air component to it, I'm just that good. But uh, yeah, that's, I think that's all of it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I just wanted to cover those. Uh, when those hit stateside, they are pretty much insta buy for me. Well, pretty much all of those. And uh yeah. Any thoughts on Essen? Have you watched anything at all about any of the games that got released? No, I actually didn't. I did watch a couple videos from the Dice Tower where they were doing like their daily oh, vlog vlogs and stuff yeah. like that. And it was interesting to see all the stuff there. And, um, you know, the one thing I thought of, and maybe it's because they were filming at different times or before everything opened up, it didn't look as packed as Gen Con. Mm-hmm. What, you know, it looked like, oh man, they got a lot of space. It just, to me, looked like there was so much more space and um, it didn't seem as packed, but I'm sure it was. I know they get 
they probably get more people than. Yeah. I know they track. Well, they know they track it differently. Yeah, they do. I think they they track turnstile. Yes. Where Gen Con tracks ticket sales. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's more of a true. So if you had, you know, if Gen Con did turnstile and, you know, basically the, you and I, you know, that would have been, instead of just two people, it would have been eight because we would, you know, we had four day passes. <laughs> yeah. So it's, but, um, no, I watched a little bit, but because I felt like a lot of the stuff was in, you know, German and different languages, it just, I don't know, it just didn't appeal I didn't have too much interest in looking at a ton of the stuff from there. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's my snobbish uh, American attitude. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just pulled it up. They released attendance and their attendance was 193,000 visitors. Yeah, but that's not how many people actually were there, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that is, like I said, turnstile attendance. So. But it it didn't look as as I mean, it was busy, Mm -hmm. but, you know, geez, we could barely walk through Gen Con, you know, at times. And it was just like it, it felt like there was a lot more open space. And maybe they did. Maybe they had a lot. Maybe it's a much bigger convention. It is bigger. Yeah, it, it so, is bigger from what I've heard. So, but it was, uh, it was, man, you'd be, you'd have to do all four days. You'd have to do all of it there. And I, again, you probably still wouldn't see everything like we didn't see. I didn't even see hardly any of it. I, it's, you know, <laughs> there were so many things I didn't get to do. Yeah. That Essen must just be incredibly just insane um, of how much there is to do there. So, yep. Oh, heck yeah. And the big difference, too, is that whenever it is that they close, I think it's like 5 o'clock, somewhere around there, it's over. It's not like Gen Con where, you know, you have stuff going, you know, like you have tournaments going on at 11 o'clock at night, like magic tournaments and Pokemon and stuff. Yeah, Right. Yeah, we were there like, yeah, I mean, we were there, what, 12, 14 hours a day? I mean... Yeah. You know, because even when it was done, it was still so much was still open and people were playing mm-hmm. and yeah, we'd sit there and play. I, I really liked that. I don't I don't know if I like that everyone's gotta go between, you know, in this eight to ten hour time frame and then it's out. You're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that when it was over we could still sit there and you're still you know, play the games you bought and they had all the space for that and it was just I don't know. You're still part of, you're still there in, in that area. And still, it's just, yeah, it was a, I really like the setup for Gen Con. So, but Mm -hmm. Essen would be something pretty spectacular to be able to experience. I think. Yeah. I would like that too. Maybe one one of these years we can have, uh, this board game life (laughs) Essen trip. There you go. I like, I like the sound of that. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it was actually so it was actually the fifth through the eighth. So that was almost uh, almost two weeks ago. It was two two weeks ago this weekend. Yeah. 
But uh, anyway, so the other thing I wanted to talk about is this is something that has been getting kind of a little bit of discussion lately. And I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't think we've talked about it. And uh, I just want to get your opinions on it because I've got mine. And that's uh, a hot topic in board games has been AI-generated art in board games. So uh, in case you're unaware, AI is a thing <laughs> lately, right? With chat Artificial GPT. intelligence. <laughs> Yeah, with ChatGPT and a whole bunch of other platforms coming out there where, you know, they're able to, you know, answer questions that you ask of them. Um, basically, they're like a really great Google search, <laughs> context aware, uh, or they can generate all sorts of stuff for you um, with artwork just being one of them. So, for example... You can, you know, tell it like, uh, draw me a picture of a dragon with the this board game life logo on its chest, and it's flying through the air with gold coins falling underneath it. I don't know, just something random, and it'll do it. Doesn't mean that it's a good picture. <laughs> doesn't mean it's even close to what you asked, but you will get a couple of pictures generated. So the the big topic with this now is that uh, a lot of people see that think that it's like poor form to have AI generated art within board games. So at that high level, and I'll, I'll go into some more detail with just me saying that at a high level. What do you think? Do you care? Do you, does it matter to you at all? Like if it's drawn by a person or if it's computer generated, is it cheapening out? Is it, what do you think? And I know I haven't given you a whole lot of time to think about it, but I'm just curious. <laughs> so... I I think my my initial thought is but well I think initially I'd be like what's it matter like you know as long as the artwork looks good what's it matter but AI generated art does not always look very good um and the thing is is I I think I'd be okay with it if it didn't like if it looked good and like, how would we know the difference? Like, it, you know, at the sure. end of the day, when you get the game, you know, you got the artwork on it. Do you, I personally, like, I don't think of like, hmm, I wonder who designed this or who drew this or who did this artwork. I, I just don't, for me, I don't look at it that way. Like, you like some artwork and some artists that really make the game more enjoyable for you, and that's important. So my initial thought for me is, I don't, really don't care but if i go just think about it beyond my initial reaction i've seen some pretty poor ai art and i wouldn't want that into the games mm -hmm. um i like the quality of of a lot of the games that the artwork has secondly is the game going to be cheaper because they're not paying an artist no they're going to pocket that extra money and then it's like well 
now you're not giving me the value of my dollar and you're cheapening out and you're giving me just auto-generated artwork. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like that idea. I don't think that's, it just doesn't appeal to me. So I would have to say, you know, again, not having time to think about it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you threw me in front of the bus. Yeah, um, I know. I, I would say I would be more against it just simply for the fact that I know that these games are so expensive. Um, I I went in on a my final Kickstarter of the year. At least it's what's Oh, planned, really? But... No, this, remember this was the one I said today it was going to go yeah. live. So it was yeah. the first thing I did this morning was got up and got on. And, and uh, it, it's the most expensive game I've ever bought. And... Um, and I actually, I was like, woof, like when I saw what it was going to be, but I, I said, it's, it's dice thrown. I'm going all in. So, um, but like, I love the dice thrown artwork. Like that's one that's just like in the quality of it and everything that goes into those games is great. And at the price that we're paying for these things, I think we, they should pay an artist to give us a accurate, professionally done um, interpretation of what the game designer is looking for and not just some computer-generated thing. Mm-hmm. But, again, it depends on the game. I think it would really depend. If you're doing, like, a mass market, like, something like a, I suppose, like a, I don't know, a cheaper game, you know, mass market type of thing, it probably doesn't really matter. Um, but something that is, I don't know, I think if you're getting $40 and above, I think you should have an artist do your work. Okay. You know, just it's just kind of my, I, I guess that's where I'm kind of at with it. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that um, with what's been going... Oh, actually, let me preface this a little bit. So this really kind of became a hot topic recently with one of the recent Kickstarters from Stronghold Games. It's the one of the Terraforming Mars ones. It was like more Terraforming, more terraforming Mars or something like that. It, it just happened uh, this summer. I know. I think you and I talked about it uh, briefly because I think we said we weren't going to back anything on it just because we had enough of that, <laughs> enough of that stuff. <laughs> but anyway, um, they admitted to using AI generated art uh, in their campaign uh, and in their games and. I've heard some stuff discussed about this where, you know, just with the amount of unique cards in there, they leveraged AI art versus, you know, like if you have, it's okay. It's one thing if you have like five different cards, right? That's less art to generate, pay an artist to do it. But if you have, let's say like 300 unique cards as part of the game, that's a substantial cost to pay artists to do 300 cards, let alone the amount of time that it might take them. And you'd have to leverage multiple artists. 
who knows what it'll do to the cost of the game. But um, they admitted to using AI-generated art, and people were like, you know, the, the internet was aflame <laughs> yeah. with, with discussion. And, you know, I'm kind of wondering about it from the standpoint of how different is AI than any other tool out there? Because we have, like, for example, like if you use an art program, uh, Photoshop, whatever, uh, image manipulation, and you can use a blend tool or you can use a stamp. And I'm, I know I'm doing like the old school names. There's probably like much better versions of this stuff, but it's like you fuzz out a certain area. You're using a tool to manipulate a region of a photo or art or something like that to change it. You're not manipulating the pixels individually, like with a pen. So you're using a tool and AI could arguably be a tool and I could see it working from the standpoint of, you know, you have AI generated art to come up with some like offlandish unique ideas and what's wrong with an artist then taking that and giving it the human spin, for example, just using it as a base and then, you know, they draw on top of it and maybe change a certain percentage of it, you know, 20, 30, 80%, whatever it is. And now you have a unique thing. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it doesn't necessarily mean that every piece of art is a hundred percent generated by AI. It could be just used as a base or a portion of it, or it's like, you know, give me a unique monster with, you know, three eyeballs and, you know, and it's green <laughs> or, you know, and it, it'll just come up with something uh, unique and interesting. And we know, like I've played around with the art stuff and they come up with like, you, you look at some of the stuff and it's like, okay, it drew a picture of a person, their cheek is sunken in and they have 18 fingers on one hand. <laughs> How does how does it draw eighteen fingers? I have no idea. But uh, but yeah, it's it's become a big thing where uh, the Kickstarter and there was another. I don't know if it was Indiegogo or one of the other platforms I'll, I'll have to look it up i'll see if i can do it here in a second but uh the platforms actually make it so that now for example kickstarter in order to allow a project to have a campaign they have to disclose how they used ai in that creation of that project so for example i'm looking at their policy right now on kickstarter to be allowed in kickstarter projects utilizing ai tools for generation of art images text or any other output must disclose relevant details on their project page any thoughts about that do you think that that's like i mean do they really have to disclose it? I mean, why? 
you know, it's like, do they need to say they like, oh, we used a blur tool on the front cover as well. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like it. It's almost like it's going too far. Yeah. Like, um, people didn't like that AI generated this, and this, they think it's a big deal. I mean, does it really matter? Like, if if people didn't know, if they didn't state that, that would would anyone even know? Would they care? Yeah. I mean, it's the way things are going anyways. It's, it's, it just would be nice to see these things get cheaper. And I think that to, to, to state everything, I mean, computers are used in everything. Yeah. All this stuff that we get is designed and a lot of stuff's generated this way. And, um, I don't know. I, I think it's again, like kind of like with a lot of regulations, you can just go overboard and it's pointless but i don't i don't <laughs> seems dumb to me yeah so backer kit is the other one backer kit announced or i believe it was earlier this month uh they that they have a new policy now that projects with and now they caveat it with solely ai generated content will not be allowed so you, if you have AI-generated art on there and it's exclusively, I guess, not human-manipulated afterwards, um, you can't put your stuff up on BackerKit. Yeah, AI really gets into some weird areas mm-hmm. in all sorts of... Um, areas of you know just ai is everywhere and i think one of the things is with ai is it's taking i think my understanding too is it's taking stuff like there's a bajillion gazillion photos right and images out on the internet right google's been gathering all our stuff forever so when you're doing it and you know you say give me a picture of this and that you're describing things it's basically taking things that are out there and just kind of meshing them together. So you could be grabbing someone's uh someone else's actually artwork that they have done and then they're not getting credit for it. I can right. see that being a good reason to not allow it. Because it's not, I don't believe it's not truly, I don't think it's truly generated. Not like the computer's like, okay, let me think. Uh, let me draw a landscape here. Let me do this. It's it's just taking stuff that's already existing is my understanding. Right. And that would suck to be able to steal someone else's uh, images and put them into something that they didn't get paid for. And then that opens themselves up to lawsuits later too. Like, and that's probably what a lot of this is, is places like backer kit and Kickstarter and game found and stuff. They don't want to be sued. If someone's using AI mm-hmm. 
and basically stealing someone else's work. Right. So you bring up a really good point, which I was going to bring up myself here. And that's like uh, Backer Kid mentions that their new policy of restricting that of AI generated stuff is uh, it's an aims to it aims to address growing concerns regarding ownership of content, ethical sourcing of data, and compensation for the process of creating content. Because, I mean, I don't fully know how the AI stuff works, like what Dolly or any of those, but, you know, they, when they, I doubt that it draws everything from scratch. It probably pulls information like like it sources like pictures let's say of bicycles right it, it's fed hundreds of pictures of bicycles you know something tells it like this is a bicycle this is a bicycle this is a bicycle and then when it's asked to draw a bicycle it uses that information which could potentially be somebody's photograph right that they let's say did not put into the public domain um and that's used you know, within a an AI generated image. And then like, let's say you took a picture of a bicycle and you posted it. And then two years later, you see a game that has your bicycle, <laughs> your bicycle on it because, yeah. because the AI decided to use your photo as the source for an image. But yeah, it's like, and plus, you know, who does own that photo? does you know that it's if like let's say i'll use the the easy one if chat gpt generates an image who owns it do does open ai own it is is does nobody own it because it's just generated on the fly it's it's unique never to be seen again i don't know and um and they mention also, as part of it, uh, they define AI-generated content as content that lacks a minimum requirement of human input. And there is some wiggle room with AI-generated fill and transcription services. So it, it seems to be just... I guess in the spirit of the platform of crowdsourcing people's works, they want it to be genuinely made by somebody, I guess, right? Yeah. Or by the people well, that are at least doing the, pro- I, the project. I think that's the nature of it's. <laughs> it fits with the nature of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Some people are creating things. Well, create it. Don't have a computer do it for you and then cash in on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or just do your own, your own art using clip art <laughs> that you found in the public domain. <laughs> what, what fun is that? But, but yeah, yeah. So the AI thing, it's definitely going to be probably uh, more of a discussion point because right now it's just being used for art potentially you know it's it's in at least one project i'm sure it's probably in more we just don't know about it maybe they haven't uh shared that it was actually uh 
AI generated stuff, but uh, maybe before too long, we're going to have an AI generated board game. You know, somebody's tried it already. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Doesn't mean that it's, it's a good game. Cause I know it's like, uh, I've heard people like do recipes, right? It's like, give me a uh-huh. recipe for making, you know, Parmesan chicken. Who knows what you're going to get? And that might not be good or something like that. But if it can do recipes and if it can write poems and term papers, I'm sure it can be used in the board term- game t- Papers have been, yes, term yeah. papers and stuff like that have been, uh, that's a big thing for the schools. Mm-hmm. I've talked to uh, my youngest son's teachers about it. I had asked them a question about how they combat that, and they're they see it all the yeah. time. Oh yeah. So it's like, I guess that's kind of the bad thing about AI. It's taking away the the thought, like someone's passion. It's people. People are just no one's learning anymore. You know. So, yeah, it's it could potentially remove like the artisan element, yeah, of a lot of different disciplines. But, but we'll see, it's true. This, yeah, this is not the last of AI and board games, <laughs> no, by any stretch, and it'll be interesting. Maybe to like revisit it in like a year if we remember and see kind of like where did things go since October 23? Where where do things stand in October 2024? So anyway. Uh, I bet it'll be it'll be a it'll be a positive take if we discuss this again next year because it'll be AI doing our show. Yeah, exactly. It's like, give us topics for this week's episode. <laughs> no towels or appliances allowed. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I had. Uh, did uh, you have anything you want to want to mention for, for the show or discuss? No, I don't think so today. Okay. Just um, I did uh, I did spend a lot of money today. On the Dice Throne X-Men Oh, boy. I was looking at that. I was looking at that. That looks so good. That's it so is much good. stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I already have. I didn't have to do what I did, though. I did, like, the everything of the X-Men. Like, I'm getting everything. But I already have the, uh, what do you call it? Um, I already have Marvel's Dice Throne. So I didn't have to get that one that included that so mm-hmm. but i think my whole total was still like 450 dollars <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like i was really like okay that was more than i expected um because it's it's including like they basically have the um you got the full battle chest you know with the eight X-Men characters. Then you've got a ninth character of Deadpool. Which, which is what? Psylocke, Iceman, Rogue, Cyclops, Wolverine, Jen Grey, Storm, and Gambit. Yeah. And then you've got the miniatures. Okay. Which 
you can also use those painted. miniatures. They're color- yes, yeah, they're they painted. are. Yep. And because I've got the miniatures from the uh, first two games. Um, and these miniatures also give you, you're also getting the miniatures from the the Marvel game, which I didn't have the Marvels for the um, Dice Throne Marvel. So you get like little, I had like little standees to use with the, the campaign, the Dice Throne Adventures. So you can use these characters in, in the Dice Throne Adventures. But now this one also came out with like dice, dice, dice thing called Dice Throne Missions, which is like, uh, kind of like that campaign, but it's different. It's, it's in the, I guess it's in the Marvel world. So you can use these yeah. miniatures in, in that as well as the other. So, but I also got the, they're pre-painted sculpts. I've got them one for all, all eight. Well, it's what eight for the X-Men, then eight for the original game, which I don't have. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all the acrylic tokens upgraded. I'm getting card sleeves. Um, I did not do dice trays or the mat mats because you can get all kinds of mats. Um, but I'm also getting and then I'm getting all that with Deadpool, the Deadpool expansion, the Deadpool character the miniature and there's a whole bunch of promo packs and i went with the all all the new things bundle which is 449 dollars mm-hmm. oh yeah all but, the new things yeah oh and that one actually did come with a dice tray that one does have a dice tray in it um but yeah i mean there's what six seventeen miniatures the acrylics all like the the yeah, the the missions, the expansion, you know that that dice throwing missions, which is like the campaign thing. Um, so and and all of this too. What's really cool about dice throwing is all of this is interchangeable. Like you can use these characters and play with the other versions of the game. Like that. That's what's kind of cool is it all mixes together. Yeah. <clears throat> so. So seventeen minis. I just counted them. And this is funny. So games included Deadpool Hero Box, ages 14 plus. <laughs> Everything else is fine. Deadpool, yep. 14 plus. Yeah. Well, you know Deadpool. Yeah. So. But it's not the most it's, expensive set. So if you didn't have the yeah, Marvel Dice Throne, yeah. then you can get that limited edition battle chest as well with the all in and that's $600 and 126 people jumped on that one. Yeah. See, I already had that Marvel. I already have that battle chest anyways. Right. Wow. 973 people went in on your pledge level. Yeah. And this is early, right? This is, it it started today. Yeah. This is day, not even 24 hours in. Correct. Less than 24 hours. 20 days to go. <laughs> Holy smokes. So their goal was 100K and they're at 1.5 million already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a popular game. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
with good reason. So, so I know you like it so much. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, I gotta ask, I, I won't ask you about this one, but what was your decision on deep rock? Cause that one is closed. I did not get it. <laughs> but are I you going to get, you going to look at getting the base game? No, I, I was looking at that too. I did not get that either. Cause you can get it for like $70. Yeah. Um, from their website, you can buy the game, which is a lot more, you know, I'm assuming it doesn't have, so they've got the first edition. The, so it's not the big box. I think all the miniatures are gone. So if you don't want all the miniatures, you can get the game for $76 and it's like a normal. Um, let's see. What's it come with? One's threat mark, 40 campaign damage. Let's see. Double layer character words. Three special, three special standees for unique dwarf miniatures. 30. Oh yeah. The 38 glyphid standees. So you're getting standees instead of the miniatures. So you can still get the game for 76 bucks right from moodpublishing.com mm-hmm. if you're interested. But if you want the one that I got with the stuff, it's 141. Yeah. And still get the base game with uh with the miniatures. So I was really tempted and I'm like I would love to have it. I just don't know if I can get it to the table as much as I would want to. Right. So I'm just being a little selective because of that. And I mean, it's rock and stone, man. I know. I know. So what's 76 bucks? You can get the cheap version and yeah, it's still got the dual layered player boards and everything. It's just like, it gets rid of, you get your minis, the miniatures, you get four minis, the, the dwarves are miniature, but everything else is, uh, um, standees. So, so you know what will probably happen is that if I ever see it at my local game <laughs> store that I go to, I'll probably snag it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be an absolute impulse. Yeah, it's like it's in my hands. I can walk out with it right now, sold. Versus dropping a bunch of money and getting it in a couple weeks. <laughs> A week or whatever, or a year, if it's the new one. I don't know. I mean, I had the so I had the same thing with the same issue with uh, Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, that is, you know, it's one of my favorite games. I, I love that whole series, and I'd love to have the board game. It's just not a practical purchase for me. No, I understand. Yeah, and I love Deep Rock. So not getting it, especially after hearing how much you like it is that took a lot of willpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Plus I don't, I don't have the shelf space for it, let alone floor space. <laughs> this thing gets its own shelf. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Everything else can go to the floor. <laughs> yeah. You, you treat this with respect, my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is the box 
fairly big. I mean, it's smaller than Castles of Burgundy, right? Special uh, edition or close? It's um, well, it's 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 a square box, but it's probably just as I think it's deeper. Okay. Might might be might be a little deeper, but it's a squared instead of rectangle. Yeah. I gotcha. So yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be an impulse buy if I see it and I have it in my hands. Especially if it's thirty percent off. Sold. But but we'll see. We'll see what happens. No worries. So sit on it for a month. Wait wait till Black Friday. Maybe maybe uh, the game go. stores will have will have a, a deal or something, or it'll be on clearance somewhere like miniature market or something. Not that I go on there regularly to know. We shall see, my friend. Yeah. All right. So, uh, anything else to add? Nope. Nope. All right. So let's call it right here. Episode. Number 58 uh, comes to a close. I am Rob. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you all in two weeks. All right. And I'm Mark. I will see you at the table.